आर लिसनिंग टू द अगस्त्या आर Namaste and uh, welcome everyone. It is a great honor and privilege for us to have Sri Yogadhya Singh Ravaji with us uh, to talk about ancient Indian martial arts and uh, and related uh, topics. Uh, you know, so how did Indian weapon design influence? you know weapon designs in other countries for example if we're exporting this much to the middle east did they learn from our designs and turn that into again customize that later on for their own uses likely most of the arts and sciences the western world now has like algebra they call it algebra the basis mm-hmm. of india it just went to them through arabia and that region right So similarly, weapon designs were also going from this place to there, like the curved sword. I had heard historians say that Indians did not have the curved sword; they had a straight sword. But I myself had have seen of uh, swords or any sculptures which date back to first or second AD. Curved sword of different types: forward curving, backward curving. They are all there. So Indians had these curved sword, and this design. It very much impressed the Westerners when they encountered the uh, their adversaries of Indian or the uh, Arabian origin, mm-hmm. because curved sword has some very advantages. It is very advantages over a straight sword. Okay. Yeah. So and similarly other weapons also. So like you learn in a fight, whether you mm-hmm. win or you lose, you always learn in a fight. It was case all over the world. It was the case with Indians also. We also did this thing. Like mm-hmm. uh, with like to say. Nathan Shastri Vidya. Nathan Shastri Vidya. The principles are the same, but we can now use a firearm also. Right. Firearm can also be used, but the same principles as we use in another projectile weapon, like in the past. So similarly, the Western has also learned a lot from here. We learned from them. It was an ongoing exchange program, although nobody wished it to be, but it was always an exchange program due to the battles and wars being fought. Right. So curved so, swords went. Sword was there, yeah, and uh, similarly, uh, uh, armors, different kind of armors and chainmail. They also made way to the west from here. Many they took many weapons from here and the idea of weapons from here. Mm-hmm. So when when the Middle Eastern army started attacking India in say around uh, you know the first attacks starting in the year seven hundred, how were the weapons different from ours? What did What were what kind of weapons were they using versus what kind of weapons were we were we using? Uh, and then did they started coming together. Like for example, people say some shade is a sword that came from Persia to India, something like that. Pardon? Pardon? I could not hear you. Last thing. Some shade is is a sword is a Persian sword. Oh yeah, some shade, some shade. Yeah. So some shade is not some shade is a yeah Persian sword. Uh, the Indian version of it is called Golia. Mm-hmm. So it has been always their curved sword. Uh, the weapons of Arabian invaders and uh, Indians they were more or less the same, but the efficiency and the strength were much different. Mm-hmm. Indians were much advanced at that time. One thing which uh, we Indians you could say that we could be lacking, you can say there was a difference. It was due to our Kshatriya dharma. We depended too much on dharma. We mm-hmm. did not do night attacks. We did not do 
uh, we did not take, take captives we did not cut the heads of uh, people caught in battle of business of war these things played a lot and what i feel westerners they were afraid of getting into one on one battle with indian westerners or arabians even they were afraid of getting into a melee kind of battle with indian armies so they relied more on sneak attacks on projectile attacks okay yeah but things were very much in favor of uh, indians and uh, indian armies till about 1180 yes well i mean you know if you if you do not annihilate your enemy after Uh, defeating them yeah, at that time, then you know well, it's, it's, this is what you the Niti says. This Niti, they had followed this Niti. They had they had followed the Niti of their own uh, ancestors. Sri Ram killed Bali from behind a tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, West Indian related is many of his enemies by using tricks. So that is not that is okay. Yeah, yeah, no, and and, and in Mahabharata, Sri Krishna is is a complete, uh, uh, you know. personality not because is absolutely always morally superior and doing always right. everything that is right he understands that uh, you know sometimes in defense of dharma you have to do things yeah. that uh, that yeah. are needed right exactly so anyway not to stray from the topic but can you describe a few weapons yeah one of the weapons which is found in india as it was developed in later medieval period it's a katar it's a basically a punch dagger which is grabbed like this and the blade comes out from here It is a very versatile kind of weapon used to uh, pierce through armors. Then, in ancient periods, we had different kind of arrows, and we had a special kind of sword which was called outwards. Uh, now it is known as atti. So this sword was called outwards. Most of the swords that we see they are called inwards, but this kind of sword was called outwards. Then we had different kind of maces. Most of which kind of maces are not seen in the rest of the world. So there are many weapons, and uh, in medieval period, there is even a weapon known as uh, kadam koda, which is basically two chains attached to a handle, and there are two small balls on uh, hanging from it. So then, a related question. I know you 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 speak about. Going to temples and visiting them for inspiration on this. Uh, what role did temples play in uh, you know in our martial arts and military studies? Can you can you please talk about that? Temples were uh, earlier not only a place to worship, were a hub around which various activities were uh, various activities revolved around them. They were a place of learning. Gurukuls often were associated with temples and mosques and uh, shastavidya. It was a uh, Subject which was deeply uh, researched and uh, studied in those times, so there must be like even now we have akhadas, we have nirvani akhada. Why it is known as akhada? Mm-hmm. Akhada is a place. Akhada is a place where for doing wrestling. Why they are known as akhada? Right. Because because we never left the path of shastra with shastra. Both things were to get together. So temples they were a place for learning shastra with them also. People went there. They learned Shastra Vidya. Even the sadhus and the uh, pujaris, they were proficient in Shastra Vidya. We have had uh, sages who were always proficient in Shastra Vidya. We have Vishwamitra. We have Vasishtha. Since time immemorial, so these people, they always and temples, they always they played a pivotal role in Indian civilization. 
they were their house they were the home of culture they were of various arts and fighting arts sciences right i you know what i think you're touching upon something that is so fascinating and and important for people to learn and even for me personally it's been a growing realization over time how important temples were because when we founded agastya gurukulam we looked into this the history of education in india and it turns out temples were centers of education that's where every village had a temple and the temple ran schools right that's where people educated and you speak about shastra and shastra being connected which is which is a great concept and a great insight uh, you know you look at uh, yogi adityanath who comes from the goraknath akhada right and and yeah or, or yeah i would like to add here uh, if i can interrupt you i would like to add here uh, the nath and the naga sadhus they were very much proficient in shastra vidya right and they even <clears throat> might be even they even might be i can say and they just don't open about to normal public and uh, we have many battles where naga sadhus have fought as vanguard of many armies like the jaipur state in later medieval period the vanguard was always naga sadhus and the gosains right. the battle of lal sot and battle of patan between marathas and naga uh, naga sadhus were the vanguard of the jaipur army Well, so, even in the matter, you had the Sassi Rebellion in in even as late as in the in the late eighteen uh, hundreds, where yeah, and this is in fact fascinating history. But I don't know if many people understand this or know this, is that uh, that is what Bankim Chandra Chatterjee wrote uh, in his book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the song "One Day Mataram" comes from uh, comes from a book Anandamat. with Anandmat, which is yeah. essentially. set against this backdrop of uh, the sanyasi rebellion in in bengal in which yeah. our sadhus and and uh, uh, you know the uh, the sanyasis took up uh, arms and fought against the british in in battle so they yeah the integral unity uh, of uh, you know across different disciplines is is very much there that you know you you practice their mind peace times in a different way and you practice dharma in war times in a different way and you you have to be ready for both of that and it is the temple that learns the uh, way you go and learn very fast it's been very rightly said it has been very rightly said in our texts ancient texts that shastra and shastra are two wheels of a chariot over which dharma rides right that's that's a great analogy that's a great picture for us to yeah. Okay. Uh, another related question is: What is the difference between astra and shastra? Astra shastra, we call them uh, a combined term. Many people don't understand the difference. Uh, the basic difference is astra is basically a projectile. It's a weapon which is meant to be thrown or to be used from a distance, like bow and arrow, like a spear, which comes. Uh, it could be a shastra also. It could be astra also. Uh, a slingshot, a boomerang. These kind of weapons, they are astro, which can be thrown, which which are used as a projectile. Whereas a shast is a weapon which is held in hand, and the combat then happens, like a sword, mm-hmm. like a mace, like a, a katar, like a dagger. But these kind of are shast. Uh, now in shast vidya, we have a different kind of definition to this. Because this all is so much, uh, you use the Hindi word. It is so much ghalmel. Like uh, he, you can use the spear. 
can throwing you can use this spear uh, by keeping it in hand similarly you can throw the mace you can throw the mace the gada when you can fight it by keeping it in hand so some of the weapons they uh, come in both the categories then in shastravidya and sanatan shastravidya we have a different kind of uh, definition for shastra for us a shastra is uh, for us every shastra is bias it is a manifestation of the supreme power and the shastra is a weapon which actually draws blood and offers the blood to devi okay so uh, with no and draw blood like it's a, uh, basically a bladed weapon yeah and the weapons which don't draw blood like clubs sticks they are called uh, mansui weapons mansui they are mansui shastra in our uh, shastra vidya enjoy listening to the agastya r is there something you really liked or would like to see in a future episode agastya gurukulam welcomes your feedback either by phone or text message at 9192944800 or by email at info@radionaira.com or by online chat messaging at radionaira.com